We're going to start our Fire Safe Council radio show now. Ring of Fire, Fire Safe Council Radio. We are joined in the studio today by the intrepid director of the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council, Director Scott Craddy. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Cop. Good morning. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Mendocino County Fire Safe Radio. This is the show you've been waiting for to put your pledge in on the last day of pledge drive, so now's the time to go do that. I'm going to kick it off actually by mentioning that we do have a challenge we have a public health and safety challenge for this show from community members eric hart and dr tatum who are offering to match donations up to 250 dollars in appreciation of how seriously kzwax has taken its role as a critical resource for the mendocino public during these health and safety emergencies um and i want to actually turn that into a challenge uh Eric is uh, is the uh, key mover and shaker of the Ridgewood Fire Safe Council, the Neighborhood Fire Safe Council. It used to be the Williams Ranch Road Fire Safe Council, but they've grown tremendously of late. Uh, and if you are sitting there and you've already you've already pledged uh, your personal pledge, how about making a pledge for your Neighborhood Fire Safe Council? Uh, that's a, a challenge out there to the Neighborhood Fire Safe Councils to jump in and see which of you can make the biggest pledge and we've got a goal of a thousand dollars for this show so let's get it going we know you can do it we've both been working for the fire safe council and it's incredible what all of our fire safe councils have done in the county so far in just the last year and a little more um you folks are up and beyond often in the community stepping up to keep all this infrastructure going and it's really incredible and thank you okay and to get the show going um you know although the state of california is taking fire very seriously now and i know all of you are out there we are many years down the road from being fully prepared to survive and thrive in the wildfire prone environment that we live in this year is looking especially scary, um, and this show today is going to cover two things that we need to be aware of around that. One, this is a year to be extra kind uh, up to your local volunteer firefighters and fire departments. So we're going to be checking in with the chief of the Albion Little River Fire Department, our fire protection district, to find out a little bit about life uh, life in the department and uh, what, what you can do to support them. And one of the biggest things you can do to support them is what we'll be focusing on a little later in the show, which is not starting so many fires. Uh, about 95% is the last I heard of the wildfires that get going, get going because some person did something to start them. Uh, so you, uh, the air we breathe, and your neighbors' homes, and everyone would appreciate if you take a few moments to think through what those causes can be and think through what you can do to make sure you're not one of those people that starts one. 
So we'll be talking about that a little later in the show, but I want to start off by introducing Michael Reese. Michael is, as I mentioned, is the current chief of the Albion Little River Fire Protection District. Uh, we were going to be joined by Ted Williams, uh, who was the former chief, but Ted apparently has some other job that he's doing today. Uh, so we're going to go ahead with Michael. And Michael, if you could um, start us off by telling us a little bit about how you got to be doing what you're doing and um, and why you're doing it. Yeah, good morning. Um, so, yeah, I let's see, I've been, I joined the Albion Little River Fire Protection District about uh, 10 years ago. And uh, I had recently moved to Albion, and um, what really motivated me was in 2008, the lightning strike fires. Uh, I was living out in Compchi at the time, and I was not a member of the fire department. And we had three fires burning around where we were living, and I felt pretty helpless. Um, I went to the fire station. They had they had uh, community meetings. Um, pretty much every every other night or every night and I went down there to stay informed and I wanted to help and there was really nothing I could do so we ended up moving and moved to Albion and that was one of the first things I did when I got to Albion was join up great and that um, actually hits on one of the uh, one of the key things um, wildfire tends to make us all feel helpless and the best way not to feel helpless is to do something so you are a, uh, a shining shining example of uh, so about the district, let's start there a little bit. Could you give us a little bit about just a kind of a sketch of the district? What its what its history is? How many people are there? What 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 is what is the district? Sure, it's so the Albion Little River Fire Protection District. It's it encompasses Albion and Little River, both uh, unincorporated towns. It's about forty four square miles. Um, We've, um, I'm, we're coastal. I'm not sure how much mileage we have, but we have Route 1 and 128 running through our district. We go um, pretty much from Mendocino down to the Navarro River and then eight miles out, um, 128, and inland from there. So we bump up against Comchi and then Mendocino to the north. Um, we uh, one thing that's really distinct about our district is we have we're we basically have three ridges with three roads and that's little river airport road albion ridge and navarro ridge and so we're kind of spread out in the fact that we don't have a lot of access in fact albion ridge one of their major problems is there's only one way off of it um so with with the topography of our of our district we we do a little bit of everything a lot of ems calls we do um in the past we've had a cliff rescue team and a water rescue team which we're relying on our neighbors now because of lack of membership um and wildland fire we have a lot of timberland in our district i have a question michael yes uh, how much CAL FIRE participation do you have out in the Albion District? Are there CAL FIRE stations out there? Yeah, so our nearest CAL FIRE station is uh, in Mendocino at the Woodlands. It's the Woodlands Station, um, and we rely on them heavily. Um, we pretty much are, they're, they're pretty much auto-aided to us um, through for everything except uh, EMS calls. Got it, thanks. And they actually 
um, when they're around, which is becoming less and less these days, um, we actually train a lot with them. When they were, um, when I first joined, they were regularly training us, and um, it was super beneficial. And for the the new members at the time when I joined, um, kind of came up with them training us weekly. Cool. Um, so I want to focus in on something you said. We'll kind of get into the spectrum of things you do in a moment, but sure. you know, you mentioned the um, the rescue part of it, which is certainly critical. And it sounded like there's a shortage of people that are available to make that happen as part of the department at this point. Is that? Yeah. So our our roster right now is standing right at I think we're at 20 or 21 members right now. Um, and probably half are consistently available. And um, we have members of all ages. <laughs> well, 18 plus all ages, but um, some are in their 70s um, down to teenagers. So um, there's there's a big gap and it's it's we don't have a lot to draw from. So, yeah, right now um, in the areas of rescue, we're, we're, we're a little bit short just because of people willing to train to those levels and then just availability too. Well, but so if somebody is interested in participating, it's kind of a, a window into a, you know, a whole world of training and skills that they can pick up. Yes. Cool. All right. Hopefully somebody out there is listening. That's interesting. <laughs> well, then on that note of skills, um, I know you know, as part of a fire department, you do a lot of medical aids. Roughly how many of your roster are, you know, trained up to an EMT level? So we, we have five certified EMTs. Um, and then the rest of the department is required to be, um, it's basically first responder, which is Title 22 um, certified. And we try to keep everybody current with that. That's kind of the baseline. But we have five, five EMTs. I mean, because, uh, and generally speaking for volunteers that sign up, uh, what's your estimate of how many hours of training they have to put in just to become a, a beginning functioning volunteer? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it's at least, it's going to be at least eight to 10 hours a month. Um, and probably more that would just be our in-house trainings which um we really have to rely on outside training too uh that we have a local uh fire academy that's put on by the chiefs association mm -hmm. and it's set up in a weekend format so it's easier for volunteers to do but it, it at this point to cover everything it's running about four months long um plus so um, it's a huge commitment. Um, I don't know what the total hours on that is. And then, I mean, to become an EMT, I think the class is right around 190 hours right now. Yeah. So, hey, when were you in the, in the fire academy, the chief's academy? I did it a few hours, a few years after I joined. Um, let's see. I want to say 2014. Got it. I think your voice is... Sorry, everybody out there on the air. This is Cobb Engineering. I think we were in some classes together. If not the Fire Academy, then maybe over here in Boonville. Yeah, definitely. Just I've clicking taken a for me. But I'm, gonna, I'm also breaking in here for a minute, Scott and, and Michael. Uh, as everybody that's been listening knows, and especially you if you already know this, 
Uh, this is the KZYX Pledge Drive, and we're trying to uh, raise some money here to keep this ship going. Um, it's kind of the consistent theme of fire safe councils of the Albion Fire District that uh, we're interviewing the chief of right now, which is that we need your participation, and it's no small order, but it's something we're all capable of stepping up to. And to kick that off, I'm going to put out three thank yous um, that we just had, which is, let's see here, uh, this is for the Black Bart Trail Fire Safe Council already. All right. Go coming Black up to, to meet that match there, Scott, um, and their comment is, Scott is doing such a great job. Thanks, Scott, on behalf of Break Black Bart, excuse me out there. Uh, Fire Safe Council and Firewise Community. So, cheers to that. Fire Safe Councils are, are stepping it up and supporting the local radio station. Thank you out there, everybody. Uh, we have another thank you to uh, Linda Joe, who uh, just has a lot of respect for Minda Latino. That's their comment. And we have one more thank you to put out there. Uh, let's see. To Miranda. Thanks, Miranda. Um, and we have thank you gifts. I almost said thank you to T-Shirt Woman uh, as I was reading this, and then I didn't. But our thank you gifts, we have T-shirts, we have masks. Uh, you can get blackout coffee. There's all sorts of stuff. And it's really easy, and you're helping to keep this essential infrastructure going all throughout the county. Yep, and if you're sitting and listening to a pledge drive, you know this matters to you, because the only reason to sit through a pledge drive is because you're listening to something that's vital and important, uh, as this station is. And definitely, um, I'm just thinking through, uh, you know, Mendocino County is a tremendously hard place to get the word out to. We are diverse and scattered, uh, but when we do need to get the word out, kind of the, the first place I go is this station. So, uh, you know, this is the place you're going to look to as we, uh, we've got a, a large grant program coming up to help people replace their roofs. You want to find out about it, this will be the place to be tuned in. And... Yeah, Without ado, let's go back to, to Michael Reese from Albion Fire District. Yep, and before we move on to sort of causes of fire, um, I'm going to flesh out the, the picture of the department. Um, can you give us a sense of what all the, the scope of things you need to cover are? Uh, I know there's, you mentioned a few of them, EMS, search and rescue. There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, which is, is um, always amazing to me. Um, yeah, so um, our call, call volume, we, we run about, in Albion, we run about 220, 230 calls a year. And yeah, it's it's not just medical aids. Um, there's, uh, obviously there's fires, vegetation fires, structure fires, traffic collisions. Um, and then there's there's hazardous conditions, hazmat. Um, that could be, um, that could be a spill on the highway or a gas leak or power lines down. Um, then there's all kinds of public service calls like a um, water tank bursting or a lift assist um, for someone who needs, who's fallen and needs help getting up. Um, and then, like I said before, our search and rescue, um, water rescue, cliff rescue. And I know I'm probably missing something. 
Yeah, there's, I mean, so there's also a fair bit of community organizing, as I understand, and you also have to do like building inspections and other obligations like yeah. that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of a new thing. Um, state mandated uh, commercial properties now have to be that responsibility falls on the local fire districts, and um, we're trying to work that one out and figure it out. It's new to us, um, but we're putting a, we're we're putting a plan together. I'm looking at it more as a uh, kind of an educational process for our commercial properties than kind of like find all the violations. Um, just looking more of a prevention and educational <laughs> experience through our inspections. But uh, in Albion, we're looking at probably 20 to 30 properties that are going to have to be inspected annually. And that's pretty new for the volunteer for the for our district's plate. Okay, so yet another opportunity to do more stuff for free. Um, so let's at this point move on to um, to the topic. I know we've uh, out this area. Hopefully, there haven't been so many on the coast, but we've had um, quite a number of scares already this season. Wildfires are starting to pop up, um, and I don't think the causes of all of them are determined yet. But um, it's a uh, Odds, odds, odds on favorite that all or almost all of them were something that a person caused. Um, so, uh, for another project we're doing, we actually got from the our Cal Fire MU unit locally uh, last year statistics about what the causes of fires were. And I want to kind of move down them in order and uh, get Michael to give us some tips about what we can do to not. Uh, not not make that happen. Uh, top of the list, 28% of the fires that were started in the county last year were caused by somebody burning debris. Uh, so 28% was somebody that started a fire on purpose but didn't take the steps necessary to make sure they controlled and contained it. Um, Michael, can you can you give us a little little bit of insight about what people should be doing to manage their debris burns? Yeah, well, I would say the first the first thing I would say, I mean, this is common. It, it happens, and it can happen to everybody. It can happen even when you're you're taking every precaution you can. But um, the biggest thing with that is I would I'd say check the weather because <laughs> wind seems to be a huge factor in debris burning and burn piles getting away from people. So you know, follow all the rules. Have your have your um, your ten foot clearance space. We're down to bare mineral soil, have a shovel, have some water. And, but before you start burning, pay attention to what the weather's doing. And if it's going to get windy, I know the last few weeks, it's been very breezy. And I mean, I personally have chosen not to burn due to the, due to the weather. So, um, that's, I'd, I'd say that's the biggest factor. I have a question about that, Michael, and, and Scott, you may even know, because isn't there also the association with um, the air quality, and they often schedule like permissible burn days for windy days because it's going to keep the air clean from the smoke. Do either of you have a I, comment You know, I'm, I'm not sure the air quality, their decisions on burn days, um, from what I've been told, comes from from uh, their higher up office, I don't know if that's Sacramento, but it's not necessarily weather related. Um, I don't really know what their their factors are. Sometimes I'm really confused. 
yeah. as to what what a good burn day is and what it one isn't. I mean, it's really the responsibility. If it is a burn day, it is the responsibility of the person burning. I mean, and it's as soon as you put that fire on the ground, it's it's your responsibility of what happens to it. If it gets away from you or um, so you just you got to be vigilant with with weather and your surroundings. Yep, you have to make the time commitment to be there. I think one of the fires yes. uh, that happened uh, in the in the Willits area is somebody that kind of walked away from from their fire. So, it's a time commitment and a, and a big responsibility yeah, commitment. That's, Go ahead. That's a really good point. Even um, I've been to debris burns that have escaped that were put out, actually put out with water, and then they reignited, you know, overnight or. The next day, I mean, that's that's really common. So it's, I mean, you got to check it the next morning. You got to stay vigilant. Yep, and especially these days because we know that every place is every place is dry. So fire weather. If the 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 question is, is it fire weather today? The answer will be yes, most likely. Um, Okay, um, moving on down the list, the next um, item, which there may not be so much to say about, but is arson. 13% of the fires somebody started on purpose last year. Uh, and I'll let you talk about that in a moment, Michael. But, I mean, the thing that occurs to me is that, um, you know, as as with all kinds of crime, uh, there's... You know, there's going to be somebody, uh, and all the rest of us can do is be super vigilant. Uh, is, and go, go ahead, Cobb. Yeah, these statistics, just to double back, uh, these percentages, is this in Mendocino County or is this the state? Uh, these were Mendocino County last year. So, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Thir- 13% in Mendocino County were arson. That, cool. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, or uncool. Um, Michael, did you want to want to add anything on that topic? I mean, so I haven't really. Uh, I mean, we didn't have any arson. Um, are, these are just related to um, to vegetation fires. I'm assuming. Uh, yes, I believe so. I know. I looked at these. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, we. I know there was a string in the valley last year, but um, and there were a bunch. But um, yeah, I would just. We just need to be hyper. Hyper aware. Yep. Don't hesitate to report smoke when you see it. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I think all those got caught or stopped eventually by somebody helping identify uh, who was doing it. So keeping an eye out for smoke early and uh, keeping an eye out for for um, suspicious behavior. Um, next on the list, clocking in at 11% of, of the fires are vehicle-caused fires. Um, and those can happen in a number of ways. It can be chain-dragging, it can be a catalytic converter issue, it can be a maintenance issue. Um, Michael, you got some advice for people about those? <laughs> yeah, um, be hyper-aware of dragging chains. I feel like that's a big one. We had a a couple of years ago, we had one actually on my road, Navarro Ridge, start from a chain dragging down the road. And that was a mile and a half from the coast. Um, so, um, And also, I would add to this, to vehicles would be um, off-road vehicles through tall grass and vegetation. Um, as being being aware that, that that's a fire starter there, too. Yeah, any, anytime you're pulling a hot 
hot vehicle or hot something off the road into a grassy area, um, it uh, is definitely a prime time for, for super vigilance. Um, so maintain your vehicles. If you're towing anything, be super careful. Uh, I think Cal Fire's got a one less spark campaign, which is worth checking out online. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, one, one less spark, one less fire. Um, next on the list is lightning, which not one again that uh, is super controllable, but um, it is one where I wish I'd, I'd meant to look up. There's an app that uh, that you can use to uh, check where lightning strikes have happened, um, and that's an area I know. Uh, in fact, uh, the uh, the Ridgewood Fire Council, I believe. Um, and uh, Sherwood Fire both do an excellent job of monitoring those during lightning storms and getting somebody out with eyes on on the location as quickly as possible uh, to see if there is something that needs tended to and, and put out. So, uh, you know, one of the things you can do is have your neighborhood fire safe council sort of mobilized and organized around being aware of dangerous situations. Uh, Michael, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I, I actually used one of those apps myself um, last year. Um, yeah, it was very helpful. Um, and wh I, one thing I'd like to say about our department is, um, and Cal Fire did this, and then we kind of, um, I'd seen them do it a, a, over a couple years, not up in Humboldt and here, but they set up like a lightning um, a lightning plan, a lightning incident plan. So they broke up the, um, the unit in different, um, divisions to uh, check out possible strikes and reports of strikes. And we kind of did that in our, this last round that we had last year that ended up being pretty destructive in other places. We set up a lightning plan for ourselves of how and where we were going to respond to and how we were going to look for um, different uh, lightning strikes within our district. And if we lost power and lost communication, all but um, that was all encompassed in our plan, and um, luckily we didn't have to use it. But I think if we if we get another uh, lightning event, we will put that back in place and try to mimic what Cal Fire is doing, um, so that we can find these quickly and put them out. I have a question on that note, uh, Michael. In in the Albion district, uh, do you? And this is kind of relating to my experience in Anderson Valley, uh, but do you have any community members or you know retired fire volunteers that assist you with locating uh, smokes out in the wildland? Um, not not off the top of my head. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, we do. So there is, you know, there's co-op the the um, the private plane that flies and looks for smokes. I know they're really active. When, uh, obviously when the weather permits after lightning strikes um from the air but locally no we i as far as locals no that's that's actually a good idea to try to reach out to people and and uh put something together like that yeah there's um so that may be something too uh if you're out there listening if you'd like them to contact you michael they uh, I know in, in Anderson Valley what happens is there's a few folks that kind of put it together themselves, but they'll, you know, call in 
and just say where they're located and help give um, whoever's on duty at the time just a sense to triangulate, kind of, to, to get a baseline idea of what road to send a fire truck out on initially. Yeah. Um, but on that note, I guess my question is, for anybody that's listening to the show today uh, that might want to reach out to you because they're, you know, thinking, hey, maybe I want to become an Albion firefighter or something like that, uh, how would they contact you? Well, um, we do um, we do have a Facebook page. Um, the other, we have a phone number too. I can give that out. Yeah, please. Um, so our 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 district line, and um, you'll probably end up leaving a message there, but it's seven zero seven nine three seven four zero two two, and it that links directly to me. So um, that's that's one way, and then. Um, I guess the third way would be to just show up on a Thursday night. Those are our drill nights. We're, we have a couple different locations, but we're usually on Albion Ridge. Um, so, yeah, walk-ins are always welcome. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> cool. And uh, on that note, um, KZYX, pretty much everyone's welcome. Join up, KZYX.org. There's a big donate now, and we are wanting to recruit new members. Uh, maybe check in on your membership and update it, but uh, the notion is we need to raise some money to keep this station uh, serving the community out there. On that note, we do have a thank you for Leela Neal. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing your names right. Uh, for the Fire Safe Radio Show. Thank you for calling in. So, like them, if you're out there listening, uh, put this task on your list and cross it right off right away because it's easy to keep moving with your day. We know you're busy. So much in this county, as Scott could speak to for a moment, depends on volunteers and volunteer donations to keep our fundamental infrastructure going. Yeah, definitely takes a community to save a community. One of, one of the things I always say is, you know, we can if you, if you sit around and and uh, wait for the uh, the million dollar grant to happen to land in your neighborhood, uh, it may or may not happen. And in the meantime, you can get as much done just by organizing your neighbors. And even if you are fortunate enough to land that grant, the next year you're going to have to maintain it. Uh, this is this is a part of our lifestyle now, being part of a community, being organized as a community. Uh, taking this stuff seriously and actually sort of tying into well, let me let me just on that note put it out again that uh, this is a great time to show some love for the people who have organized your neighborhood fire safe council and put in a donation celebrating them and and getting that going. I think we are uh, right in the neighborhood of having forty going in the county at the moment and uh, forty fire safe councils, forty neighborhood councils. Hey, uh, that's something to celebrate. That is worth celebrating with a donation in particular, and um, also by uh, if by starting another one and being the forty. First, uh, we'd love to get your neighborhood engaged. If it's not already, everybody certainly needs to be, just like they need to be to keep this radio show going. Okay, the next next item on our equipment to, to get you thinking, Michael, is is equipment, which is causes seven percent of the fires, and that's kind of a range, um, probably worth talking about separately. That runs from mowers to saws to trimmers to generators. Uh, anytime you're using something with power that generates heat, you need to be thinking about starting fire. I'm gonna. Um, 
put in, put in a little commercial for a way you can save yourself a bit of that work before we, we step through those, which is uh, one of the things your county fire safe council is doing for you this year is helping out with chipper days when you're organized as a community. And we have an automated system for doing that now. Uh, it's www.chipperday.com, easy enough to remember, backslash Mendocino. And we have a number of days that are uh, looking for people to sign up for them. Um, so if you are uh, in particular at the moment, I understand we've got, uh, we're looking to get some more people signed up in Laytonville, Philo Navarro, Willits, uh, Redwood Valley, Potter Valley, and uh, Pine Mountain and Ridgewood as well uh, are all places where we're hoping to get the chipper out there and provide community service. And that's uh, one less one less opportunity for you to have to worry about causing a fire. Uh, if you just cut it and pile it, we will chip it and take care of that responsibility for you. So it's one 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 less one less heat source for you. Um, so again, that is chip www. You need that chipperday.com backslash Mendocino. Uh, and if you go in there and it doesn't show there's a day currently set for your area, if there is one already already logged in, you can go ahead and sign up for it. If there's not, please register to get on the waiting list because that waiting list is what drives us to schedule the next day. When we see there are a number of people interested in a given community, that, that makes that community a priority for us. So you, you're helping your neighbors by, uh, by getting yourself signed up. Um, so let's talk about equipment. Michael, could you um, give us uh, give us some uh, some fire department wisdom about what people should be doing to make sure their equipment's not starting fires? Yeah, well, uh, motors and saws and trimmers. I mean, mow early and mow often. <laughs> um, and that early means early in the season and early in the day, um, as far as mowing goes. I um, so I, I caretake a large property. That's my day job, and it's ranch slash estate, and I do a lot of mowing, a lot of field mowing and a lot of landscape mowing. And um, I pretty much have a rule. Um, somebody told me this long ago, um, but if the wheels aren't aren't coming up wet anymore, it's too dry to be mowing. And it's true. I've sparked off fires myself from the blades, just trying to push it a little too much later in the day. Um, and then with, with – um, with saws, I mean, like I said, it's the same thing. Cut early, <laughs> and um, if you're if you have to cut something with a chainsaw in the in the heat of the heat of the summer, make sure you got a water source, a little pump can with you, or something nearby, even just a shovel. Um, and then trimmers, I would say, don't use a metal blade after I don't know June, May, June. Um, generators are are. I think that's one that we're going to kind of see an increase in if we keep having um, power safety shutoffs. A lot of people are going to be running generators in the middle of the summer. And, uh, yeah, just be hyper-vigilant of where you place your generator and don't overload it. Yep, it needs to be outdoors, but it needs to be not in a dry, grassy field. Bad idea. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely generators are a bigger one in um, – I think we need to, if you know, we have a ton of information up on our website, um, and I think we put this up, but the Lake County Fire Safe Council, uh, if we don't have it up, just did a, uh, a good informational piece on fire safety around generators. So if you're going to be running one, it's uh, worth 
uh, popping up just just Google generator fire safety and uh, you'll find your way to it. Uh, it's worth checking out. Um, it's worth checking out for all of these things. If you're going to be doing them, uh, think it through. That's that's the message. Uh, moving on down the list, uh, the next one is um, electric power, which is you know actually at five percent of of last year's fires, which is somewhat surprisingly low for me, given um, given uh, you know the the prominence that electricity gets uh, in in the wildfire area. Uh, but electric power is five percent, and um, the notation on that in the Cal Fire report that I saw said that it was uh, predominantly around large grows. So there's a there's a, a, a you know obviously when you're using a lot of electricity in a concentrated area, your uh, your uh, your need to make sure you're doing it right is even greater. Um, Michael, anything you'd like to talk about around power? I mean. I don't know. I don't. That's I, I, that one's surprising to me too. But maybe that I think electric uh, power lines would be part of the factor in there. Um, I don't know. Maybe their mitigation efforts are working, or just wasn't just didn't happen last year. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, these are one year statistics, so they're gonna they're gonna move around a lot depending on the wind, etc. Looks like Cobb, you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Cobb Engineering here at KZYX. I have a question, Michael. Just on that note, I know your department does inspections, and have you um, had many marijuana grow sites where you've been inspecting and, and just seen how that intersects with uh, your fire department and fire safety and that kind of thing and any information have, you want to put out have, there about that? No, the answer is no. We I have not... Um, I have not inspected any legal commercial grows. Um, so apparently we have none right now. <laughs> Got it. Cool. That could be changing as permitting changes, I guess. But um, so far, no. And I mean, with, with any of those, yeah, I mean, w seeing that it's related to grows, I mean, I would just reiterate how important it is to have a licensed electrician handle your, handle your, um, your wiring and, also not overloading your transformers because that's one that we've seen happen numerous times where a transformer will blow up because the load the draw is too much um Re regarding your inspection you said what about 30 properties a year something your department has as a yeah, yes and then um just as we're moving through this is there anything you want to put out there to the community as far as what you've noticed during those inspections that you want to blanket highlight as far as fire safety improvements go? We're just getting started with them. And, you know, um, so I really don't have anything notable. I mean, it's mostly inns, restaurants, um, and like commercial properties like that. And, um, relatively in good, pretty decent shape. Most of them, um, so that I, yeah, I don't really have any notes or trends or anything on that. It's all kind of working it out still, learning. <laughs> Got it. Thanks. Okay, um, moving down the list, and this is kind of we we've reached the catch-all ten percent miscellaneous, which I put a little lower in, in the in the the category because it's a bunch of things. Uh, the things that were pointed out in the Cal Fire report are people disposing of ashes outside. Uh, barbecuing is on the list, target shooting, and fireworks. Um, and um, 
just how crazy would it be to be doing fireworks around here in the summer these days? And and yet, um, Michael, would you like to step through any yeah. any safety around around those issues? Fireworks are illegal. <laughs> just put to put that out there and remind that of that. Um, disposing of ashes is a big one. I mean, we had a couple of those last year, and um, on on windy days, I mean, it was just a you know, a pile of ashes on the side of someone's yard and the wind picked up off the coast and, and burned out a couple acres. So, um, yeah, I'd be hyper vigilant, soak them down. If you dump them outside, um, well, where you put them, bury them, <laughs> let them down. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, target shooting, uh, yeah, I don't and barbecuing. I'm we haven't really seen either of those recently, but yeah, just just awareness and vigilance. As far as I wonder if I could interject since we're on the miscellaneous uh, topic, uh, and you've heard all these different causes, Michael. Uh, what would you add to that list? As just in Albion, in terms of what you've seen as far as causes of fires and and what you've noticed as far as what's preventable. As a hmm, well, <laughs> in, in your whole firefighting yeah, I mean, uh, career, looking back, I mean, um, we, uh, like I said, we've had ashes. Um, fireworks haven't really been one escaped escaped campfires. I mean, that's you know, a warming fire, a cooking fire is pretty much you, you can pretty much do that all year round unless they put a, a full ban on it, which. I don't think we've ever done that here. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I would add. I don't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head to add to the list. Um, cool. Well, you you just actually pretty almost finished the list because the next one was campfires yeah. and yeah. And I mean that's that's the one. And so. Just escapes on that. Um, and and smoking's on there, and I th- I feel like that's a pretty low. That's really. <laughs> It's a unique situation when a cigarette butt starts a fire, especially out here, maybe inland a little more. Yeah, that used to be more of an older cause. I picture that from the anti-smoking educational campaigns long ago when it was, you know, people starting fires, falling asleep at their couch kind of thing. Yeah, I think filters are designed a little differently, too, for as far as people throwing them out the window. You have to have a pretty ideal condition to get a cigarette butt to start a fire. Well, in any case, uh, if you're just tuning in, this is KZYX Radio. My name's Cobb. I'm engineering in the studio. Uh, Our guest today is Michael Reese, the chief of Albion Little River Fire District. And our host is uh, Mendocino County Fire Safe Council Director Scott Craddy. And uh, we want to take a, a moment here because it's the KZYX Pledge Drive. And uh, we're trying to meet a, a hefty goal here um, to keep this afloat and keep the funds going. Because um, that's what this radio station, amongst so much of our infrastructure, depends on. It depends on your donations. And the way to do that is to go online. Uh, there's a big red Donate Now button. And you can get involved that way. There's numerous prizes. And we have a thank you even. So 
you know, aside from the broad thank you to everybody that keeps all this infrastructure going, whether it's um, KZYX or the Albion Little River Fire Department or the Fire Safe Council, uh, thank you out there. And we want to say thank you to uh, Storm and... Their comment was that KZYX got us through the smoke and fire. So grateful it's here when we need information. And with that, we got the note that our challenge uh, earlier was met. So again, thanks for stepping it up, folks. Uh, we had a show goal of about $1,000 for this hour. And so far, we're at 920 So with a easy $80 donation, you could round that goal out for us and and get an easy victory this morning by going on to kzyx.org um and and because this is fire safety which you care so much about though you we're, we're hoping that you're gonna you're gonna pass that thousand dollars way by uh and and show how much you think this information is worth and how important it is so please well, get to the phone yeah, and Scott, you put out that direct challenge to um, all the fire safe councils about getting a membership. What was it again for a fire safe council, something like that? Yeah, we were uh, hoping to see. We've got uh, one in so far. Hopefully, you can call in and represent your fire safe council uh, and uh, show uh, show your neighbors how much you care about them by showing that you're supporting your neighborhood fire safe council. Um, on that note, as we get back into the show, uh, Michael, I just wonder, because, you know, the, the common theme here, whether it's fire safe councils, whether it's local fire departments, whether it's KZYX radio, is, you know, member participation, community members out there like yourselves that are listening. Uh, Michael, what's kept you inspired to be on the Albion Little River Fire Department. Uh, you said you've been on there 10 years and you've, you know, now you're the chief. Uh, what, what's got you motivated to keep going? I mean, well, I mean, it is. It's that it's community participation. It's, it's helping my community and my neighbors out and um, being a viable resource in a time of need. Um, I, I, I like to help when I, I kind of consider myself a fixer in a way. And when there's a problem, I want to get in there and help fix it. So, I mean, it's for me, it was a huge way to connect with my community and it's such a broad uh, spectrum of the community. I mean, I have, you know, the people I know in the community, but then joining the fire department just opened me up to like the wide spectrum of the community. And then, and the thing that blew me away the most is how much, happens that you know the rest the rest of the community isn't necessarily aware of there's a lot that goes on um as far as emergencies go and um yeah and it's just it's it's an amazing the volunteer fire department is an amazing community effort all around from the board all the way to the families of the volunteers and and just the community members so that's what keeps me in it is just it's basically being a member of my community cool uh and as your chance michael again can you put out contact information for the albion little river fire department for anyone that's listening that wants to check in with you and see how they can get involved yeah so our our number is 937-4022 that's our direct info line and that links to me and um 
Yeah. Come on down. (laughs) We we have, we have all, there's, there's a job for everyone. We're not exclusive to just firefighting and the, the standard firefighter or the standard EMT. We, there's many jobs that need to be done. And it's not free. Uh, As you know, KZOX Pledge Drive, if you want to participate in that, 895-2233. But what sort of activities does the Albion Little River Fire District go to as far as fundraising for your district? Well, we have our every year, except for this last year, and probably not this coming (laughs) summer, but we have our uh, fire barbecue, which is very well attended by our community and surrounding communities. Um, in, I mean, this year it's actually been a lot of grassroots donations coming in just from individuals and then individuals sitting out in front of the post office. But, um, yeah, our, our barbecue is our big, our main big fundraiser. Were you able to do that last year? No, we were not. It, uh, it's usually the weekend after the 4th of July and yeah, so, and it's not looking like we're going to get to do it this year either. All the more reason to, to check in with Michael if you're part of Albion and, and see how you can get involved and how you can help out. We, you know, we, we do have a website, too. I should give that out. Um, let's see. It's um, uh, sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's www.alrfpd.com. So it's Albion Little River Fire Protection District. Dot com. Okay. Well, we're uh, and, uh, yeah. There's we there's actually donate links there, and then all of our information on um, lo- our our contact information, location of stations, and great. Um, while we're doing contact info, I'll just jump in real quickly. Um, so, in case you want to find out more about what's happening with the county. Fire Safe Council. Uh, our office number is 707-462-3662. And um, I would recommend that uh, every once in a while you take a look at our website as well, firesafemendocino.org. Easy to remember, firesafemendo.org. And there are always new things popping up there. We'll, we'll cover this in a future show, but uh, we just, for example, landed a grant that's going to allow us to do a bit more senior defensible space work for income-qualified seniors in the area. That's something we pioneered a little bit last year. Uh, we're going to hopefully do an even better job with it this year. Uh, but, you know, a, a vital community service for people who are in the wildland interface and are unable to um, unable to um, get out and do the work themselves and, and can't afford to hire someone. Uh, we're coming up right near the end. Uh Michael Reese, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we're going to be uh, cutting it off hard and sharp at 10 o'clock, everybody, to move on to some excellent music. Uh, if you have just tuned in, this is KZYX Radio, the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council show, and uh, we have a few more thank yous. Uh, let's see. Marsha, part of the Upper Deerwood Fire Safe Council, Scott. Is, is saying, hey, KZYX gets us through the fires, and a big thanks to Director Scott Craddy. So thank you for that work, Scott. Um, and also we have another thank you to put out there from uh, 
Hercules. And they appreciate KZYX. Keep it up. So, great, and thank you. And it looks like uh, one of those thank yous, too, called in and, and uh, helped bring us to that show goal we had of $1,000. Um, that's for this hour. Uh, don't let that stop you. You know, put this task on your list and cross it right off right away. And um, in some of the time allotted, Scott, I wonder something that I found really intriguing that you've spoken well to in the past is how this participation really helps leverage the community in terms of getting funding. Uh, yeah, it totally can. Having your neighborhood organized um, is is key to showing that the county cares about things and having, uh, most importantly, having a neighborhood council organized, um, you know, just the, the, the um, Ridgewood Fire Safe Council is a prime example that started us off with our challenge today. Uh, we ended up, you know, we, we try to bring as many resources as we plausibly can into the county. Uh, we're applying for grants all the time, and uh, a situation occurred where we got happened to land two grants for a road clearing the same road so we suddenly had some resources available and the ridgewood fire safe council was organized and had a project ready uh and you know the uh, the, the good luck comes to those who are prepared and ready so uh because they'd put in the legwork and had a project we were able to go and and help them with some road clearing uh so you know again the more organized you are uh, I think that goes to all the things we've been talking about today. Uh, you know, the more organized you are around what you're doing, the more you're prepared, the more you're making sure you're mowing when the ground is still damp uh, and that you've got water sources ready, the better off your whole community is. A lot of ways to contribute. Thanks for being with us, uh, Albion Little River Chief Michael Reese. Uh, we have just a minute to, get, to go uh you got a final word to put in there and maybe your uh, phone number one last time. Um, well, thanks for having me. And yeah, so the phone number is 707-937-4022 or our website, www.alrfpd.com. Um, and yeah, and thanks for having me. This is a great opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. It's been great talking with you, and there are a ton of things we didn't get to, like uh, fire defensible space and home hardening and being ready to with your go bags. So, uh, again, all opportunities for people to spend some time with the website and uh, get themselves educated on uh, other aspects of what we all need to do to be responsible together. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Michael. Uh, my name's Cobb in the studio here today, and we're coming up on Loose Cannon Classics, about to start in just a couple seconds, so stay tuned. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.